And um, finances for me, my early relationship with finances were not positive. Mm -hmm. It was just make money, save money. And if your account overdrafts, you use your savings account to get out of that overdraft, right? There was never anything to invest or never anything to multiply. So becoming interested in my finances was just not a conversation that I was having. Welcome to another episode of Full Transparency with Donnie Wiggins, where I give you a fly on the wall perspective of entrepreneurship and the entrepreneurs who are doing the entrepreneuring. Sometimes you get me by myself where I'm giving you game and tips, just me and you. And then sometimes you get to hear from me and my friends and people that I've recently met who are doing a great thing. And that's that's who we have here today. I am super excited uh, because the powerhouse that I have sitting here with me uh, is a financial education expert that I have had my eye on for a few years. In fact, honestly, um, the person who I'm about to introduce to you is one of the reasons that I began to take an interest in finances because having a deep insight about your money doesn't always feel sexy. Uh, and this is someone that I'm very excited to be meeting for the first time today. So you'll be learning about the incredible Ashley M. Fox as I am learning about her too. I guarantee you want to have something to take notes with on this episode. Welcome, Ashley, to Full Transparency. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I shared with the audience that you are a financial education expert for adults and for kids. Yes. I love that so much. Tell me how you got started in this industry. So I like money. Okay. I like math and I like business. Mm -hmm. So I went to Howard University. Um, I knew I wanted to work in corporate America. So I actually never wanted to run a business or be in entrepreneurship. Um, I went to Howard, had four internships, and three of them were at Wall Street Banks. And I found out that Wall Street Banks, when you get an internship there at the time, paid $10,000. And that was more money than I had ever saw in life. So I had four internships. Three of them were at Wall Street Banks. So I lived in New York. And I, I kind of got a taste of the life. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated Howard, I worked for a very large company, a large Wall Street bank, and I landed my dream job at asset management. So it was my job to work with a team of people who helped manage money for millionaires and billionaires. So you had to have at least $25 million to work with my team. And it was a really great experience. I think I did it because I wanted to make money. I also wanted to be the best and have the best, highest paying job out of school, mm -hmm. which is essentially engineering or in finance. And so, yeah, I just... I want it was for the money. It started out that way, yeah. but it didn't end up that way cuz I never wanted to educate. I just wanted to be a powerhouse, a black female on Wall Street um dominating the space. Speaking of that, as I'm listening to you, you're saying you're fresh out of Howard, yep, and you're working on Wall Street in what's typically a Caucasian male dominated industry. Um, but you're 20 something years old managing portfolios of clients with at least 25 million dollars. Yes. How were you taken seriously? Um Interesting. So for me, I realize now that I'm older mm -hmm. that I have to do the unthinkable. I want to be the biggest and the best in whatever space. And then when I get it, mm -hmm. it's not fun anymore. And I got to go to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, OK, if Wall Street is going to recruit black students, they're going to go to the top black schools. Therefore, I have to be the best. I like cried mm -hmm. when I got my first B at Howard. So I had the internships. I had the resume. I had the experience because I wanted to be undeniable mm -hmm. when I was there. So when I got to that position, I think being a black female, while I had this confidence to excel, when you're around millionaires and billionaires, you're the only black woman on your floor. I actually didn't have confidence. So I actually was not a good employee. Um, I looked great on paper. And granted, I'm making six figures. But to the world, I was rich. But on Wall Street, I could have made more. I did not get the highest bonus. But the bonus was high compared to my, my peers. But 
I would say I was not confident. I always like I may now that I'm a business owner, yeah. I was I probably should have gotten fired. <laughs> um, but I think but here's the thing, though, eight months in. I didn't have a desire to be the best like I wanted to be at Howard. Mm -hmm. And I was so confused mm -hmm. because that was all since I was in high school. That was my dream. That was in my college essay and all my interviews. I wanted to be on Wall Street. But eight months in, I was so confused because I got more joy out of figuring out how they built their wealth mm -hmm. versus helping our clients sustain their wealth. So I was re reading the books they were reading. I was Googling. I saw like literally I saw where they live, where they travel. I saw their bank yeah. accounts. I saw their kids. I saw everything. And I got to a space where it kind of was like, I deserve to be that client. And I think that was the reason why I wasn't the best employee on Wall Street, because I always wanted to be a teacher. But I didn't become a teacher because teachers in my mind at the time mm -hmm. didn't make money. Yeah. So I took the route of the, getting the fast money in my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to a space where I just let go of this idea that I had to be the best. And I was so confused as to why I didn't want to be the best. I didn't want to stay late. I didn't want to go the extra mile. I just wanted to be regular. But in my mind, I was never regular. So it took me about three, four years mm -hmm. to get to a point where it's like, maybe this isn't it for you. Mm -hmm. And it took me some time to really get there. But I would say I was not confident. I, I was always in my head. These people don't look like me. They don't talk like me. They don't walk like me. They're just different. Yeah. But I also thrive in spaces that make me uncomfortable. So I remember we used to play this game where like our clients would go to all these places. I remember like my first week there that somebody went to Switzerland for the weekend to go skiing. Mind you, I had no idea where Switzerland was. <laughs> and so, but I'm the type of person, I'll go Google it. So we used to play a game on our floor where we would race to see who could find the most countries. But that's how I learned about the world because our clients were traveling these places. And I'm the type of person, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to go Google it. And yeah. if I can go do it, I'm going to go do it. So when they bought stocks, I'm going to buy stocks. They went to the south of France for the summer. I'm going to south of France for the summer. They rented a yacht. I might not have rented the biggest yacht, but I rented. Like, I, I, I get saw, a little boat. Yeah. <laughs> I, for me, I feel like success leaves clues. Yeah. And the blueprint was there. Yeah. So if they invested, they might have started with $100 million, I started with $100. And so I kind of took my experience, even though I didn't feel like I fit in, mm -hmm. I, I identified more with the client than I did with the analyst on Wall Street. Mm, that is so powerful. I'm listening to you and I'm seeing like my past flash before my eyes. Very different industry. I was, uh, my journey, my track for college was leading me to chemical engineering. Mm, okay. And that's also a heavily Caucasian male dominated industry. And I remember as I was interning, being in these plants and just being in this space uh, with men, and this may not be your experience, but that would sometimes make inappropriate jokes or gestures toward you. And you're left out of the conversation. Not only are you the only woman, you're the black woman and you're the youngest one on the team. And it was just a very uncomfortable environment to be in and that's what motivated me to get out of that mm. industry altogether I think I just didn't fit in yeah it was like like now if I was to go back to Wall Street I'd T kill it today but but to be honest I never had those experiences I had more of those experiences in my own head mm. I wasn't good enough I didn't fit in my work was bad they don't like me it was I never had a bad experience I actually yeah. like when I left my Wall Street job my last day um, everybody like stood up and clapped when I walked out on, like on my floor. And so I was like crying. So like, I didn't hate my job. I needed it to be who I am today, uh -huh. but I just, it wasn't meant for me. Like yeah. I, I got to a point, I remember this day, I was talking to a friend on the phone. And so I sat on a 27th floor over, overlooking Park Avenue. And one day my friend was like, look outside, how do you feel? And so he, and I'm like, I feel trapped. So he was like, close your eyes and imagine this was your entire building. 
And so I'm imagining, he's like, how do you feel now? I was like, I feel on top of the world. And I don't know what that did to me, wow. but it did something to me. And so I took a break. I went outside, like, to go. I probably, I think I was tweeting about it. And I was just really hyped. So I came back, and I asked my colleague, look outside. How do you feel? And he was like, I feel regular. I'm like, no, look outside. How do you feel? <laughs> and he was like, I feel regular. And in that, that day was a day that I realized I don't belong there. Yeah. Because I wasn't put here to keep rich people rich. I was put here to pull out the inner greatness of people so that they can become whoever they want to become. Mm-hmm. And and I just I realized I was there to do what I do, to see what I saw, how I saw it. Yeah. Because I've taught in prison systems. Life would have been different for me if I started teaching in the public school system, started in the prison system, and then got exposed to Wall Street. I saw what true wealth looks like from the top. From the people that we don't like, I saw what they do with their money to then say, okay, how do I translate that and bring it to an eight-year-old child? Because I now know what it looks like. I know how it's obtainable because I saw it. So my level of belief is different because of what I got exposed to. But I think all those thoughts, all those feelings were happening because I didn't belong there in the first place. Not because Wall Street didn't want me to be there, but because it wasn't meant for me to stay there. Yeah. I love that so much. There's somebody who's watching this and they're saying, and they're dealing with a very similar uh, situation. They know that they're in an environment right now that they don't really belong in, but they're trapped by the regular paycheck that's coming. I was trapped by the identity. Hi, I'm Ashley Fox. I work at this big Wall Street bank. I have this nice bag. I'm making, like, even to this day, people ask me where I worked. Like, they will size you up. But, like, I worked for a big bank, probably one of the best banks, if not the best bank. And there's a level of respect you give me. But I used to identify with that. Mm-hmm. I identify with having money, with looking good. And then you get to a point where you lose all of it. And it's like you have nothing to identify with. Mm-hmm. So who are you? But, yeah, I it wasn't even a check. It was the idea of the check. Yeah. because And where it came from. Yeah, and my, my check was small compared to the clients. I was like, my, my annual salary was this. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Fee of one of the hundred mutual funds that our clients own. The, The fee. Not what they put in, just right. what they're charged. And it's like, I'm playing the wrong game here. Yeah. Like, and, and I did, even if I did, when I did the math, even if I stayed at my job for 10 years, I still would have not been in a position to be our client. And it's like, so nobody feels like they deserve to be this person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, am I the only one who knows that like I can go be this person? And that's how I knew I just wasn't in the right environment to become who I was destined to be. Mm, I love that. Even though you identify that, okay, this isn't the environment for me still. You have the prestige. You have the accolades now that are building behind you. You're making a decent check. It's not the check that you want. What gave you, like, what was the pivotal moment that actually went from the thought to the action? Like, I am breaking free. Did you have a plan in place or no? So 
No. So I, I think, and I operate to this day now, but I don't operate off of logic. I operate off of feeling. And so I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. I operated. I trusted my gut. Something above me said, this is not right. I don't know what is, mm -hmm. but this isn't it. I'm going to figure it out. I also had $30,000 when I left my job. So okay. I had money. I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. But this isn't going to be it. And so I started to work with athletes to help them invest in startup businesses. And so I was, I randomly got connected to, I had a friend of mine who knew a big basketball player who had a business manager. He's like, I want you to meet him. And they were like, oh, we're looking for somebody like you. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't really care to work with athletes, but I wanted to work with people who did not know how to effectively build wealth. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be the reason that they did it. And so when I left, I had some money. It wasn't the same amount I was making on Wall Street, but I had got my real estate license. I was like, I'm going to figure this thing out. So I didn't have a plan. I, I just had to sit with myself and know, you know, because I'm like, Ashley, do you want to go to another team? Do you want to go to a different part of the bank? Do you want to go to another city? And kind of was like, no matter what direction I pointed to, I was like, it just doesn't feel good. Like, I wouldn't mm -hmm. have been happy. And for me, I valued happiness more than what I look like on paper. I also read this book called The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield. And it's about this guy that goes through Peru in search of life insights. And mm -hmm. every insight leads to the next insight. But he just randomly goes through Peru. And it's, just, it's like a real random book. But I also followed the signs. Mm -hmm. Like I met the guy from the private equity company in January. I read the Celestine Prophecy in January. Like I, and like I knew I was leaving my job July 13th. And they asked me if I wanted to go somewhere else. I'm just like... I don't really want to do this. So when my mom, I'm like, I'm going to use this real estate license where it's coming to, you know, I'm going to go hustle. I'm gonna, I, didn't, I didn't have a plan, mm -hmm. but I knew that I was going to be the woman who translated Wall Street knowledge and gave it to the everyday person. And I wanted to be that middleman because I knew and understood what they were talking about, but I also understood the hearts and minds of people who will never be on Wall Street the way that I was. Mm, you better speak, Ashley. I love it. Listen, being a black woman in this industry um, having a cheat like Wall Street, you, you can't even just apply to work for Wall Street. Like you're literally hand selected to work on Wall Street and being in this industry, understanding finances, but then also making it your mission to making it knowledgeable for every indigestible for the everyday person. Like that's a huge mission. But to be a woman and a black woman in this industry is a beautiful thing to witness. Like I'm serious. When I said at the beginning of this episode, I came across your page. I don't know how I came across your page. We have a lot of mutual friends on social and um, finances for me. My early relationship with finances were not positive. Mm -hmm. It was just make money, save money. And if your account overdrafts, you use your savings account to get out of that overdraft. Right. There was never anything to invest or never anything to multiply. So becoming interested in my finances was just not a conversation that I was having until I was a very successful entrepreneur. Like I'm like literally creating success at that time, super multiple six figure income earner. And I'm still like, I still have the philosophy or the mindset of just save my money. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see the money in my right. bank account. And you had you coming across your page and a few other individuals was like, you know what? I deserve to do something different with my money. Let me, let me check this out. And, and then doing what you were talking about, like Googling the definition of terms like uh, REITs and you know, what, what mm -hmm. other type of funds are and, that came and, and was inspired partly by you. Thank so you. I thank you for this journey that you're on. So you leave Wall Street. You start working with athletes. Are you now working? Is this your introduction fully 100% into entrepreneurship? No. So I didn't even know what that word meant. Like this is 2013. <laughs> Instagram just started. Okay. Um, 
No, nobody was leaving their job. When, like, and for me, here's the thing too. I never was, I don't want to work for a boss. I want to do, it was, this does not feel right. I did everything I could to be here. Why won't I do everything to stay here? But there's, for something we use every day of our life, why isn't it taught in our school system? Why should you have to major in finance, work on Wall Street, or come from money to learn the ins and outs of how to effectively build wealth in this did country? Did you come from money? No, okay. I was the first person in my family to go to college. And by the time I graduated college, I was making more money than both my parents. So is like, that is that what started your interest? Because you said that you wanted to be in on Wall Street since high school. No. So to be honest, I think so. My father was very successful in my eyes. He was the most successful person in my family and he did everything he could to take care of us. Like he was the the best provider that existed. Right. So in my mind, he had money. So if you had money, you were successful, and I wanted to be like my dad. Mm. But I also wanted approval from my dad mm-hmm. because my dad was so dominant, he wasn't, he wasn't as emotional. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had to prove. So, we're, so I was a kid that had to succeed, succeed. I had to be the – I cried when I got my first beat. I'm the kid, if I drew something, scribbled out the lines, I balled it all up, and I did it again. Like it had, I had to be the best in everything that I did, but I wasn't happy. And so I was chasing what looked good on paper. If I want the best, what is the best job? What is the best HBCU? How many? Okay, they got some internships. I want four. Like I want like I want the best grades. I want to get the honors. I want like that was me. I was like that my entire. And I was also also was an athlete, too. So I played tennis. I played basketball. So I had to be the best. Mm -hmm. So. Going into the financial industry, it's like, what is the best? If I want money, might as well work in the financial industry. Okay, well, where can I get a job in finance? Wall Street. Then I went to Howard. They teach you how to wear suits. They teach you how to eat. I said, I want to wear the suit. Like, that was my idea of what success was. Now, my Mm -hmm. dad wasn't that type of executive, but he was a strong, dominant, successful man, and I wanted his approval, so I'm going to be the best in everything that I do. And I learned, now, I actually learned that years later in therapy, but at the time, I didn't, I didn't, I just wanted to be the best mm-hmm. and I couldn't understand why I didn't want to be the best in the best industry, making the best money. But I also realized it wasn't the best because I'm around billionaires. It's making hundreds of millions of dollars. And like, these are people like we know, like I could <laughs> look in their bank accounts and look at basketball players. It's like, Oh my gosh. And like, we're sitting in these meetings or prepared our presentations. It was like, this isn't the best. I want mm-hmm. that. I, w- I want that kind of money. It's like, okay, well how do I do that? And I always tell people, the way you effectively build wealth in this country is you invest in somebody else's idea or you invest in your own idea. That's it. And mm-hmm. some, not everybody wants to go through everything that I went through to start a business, but you can invest in someone else's business like mine. You can invest in the stock market. Like there are ways that you can build wealth without having to start a business. And I think we live in this era where entrepreneurship is so sexy. Um, but if you would have told me that I was going to go through what I went through, what I'm going through right now, <laughs> when I quit wall street, I'd have been really scared. Yeah. Like I probably, like I would have had my doubts. Um, but I didn't start my business because I wanted to make money. I was called to create my business. And then I found a way to make money. Mm-hmm. So I think I went from that teacher that I thought didn't make money to now I get paid a lot more than teachers just going into a school and talking for a day. You know, yeah. like, so for me, I think I let go of the idea that things had to represent my own greatness. Mm-hmm. My resume had to represent that. Mm-hmm. And I did what felt right. Mm-hmm. I did what my what was connected to my heart and I found a way to use my heart to make money and I created a space that the world was looking for they just didn't know it existed cuz back in 2013 nobody was talking about finance they, that, that wasn't a thing like we mm-hmm. didn't have and I think it's a powerful thing now there are accounts that we could use that the everyday person 
can utilize. Like when I was back when I started, I had an E-Trade account and I had to pay $7 every time I process a transaction. Right now, now you don't have to, you know, so so the world was different when I wanted the world to get access to financial education. And now the world is ready to receive it. And I think and now there's a space for people who are educated, who want to dominate in this space where we actually have a platform to listen. But when I started, there was no Instagram. There was no Robin Hood. There were none of these easy yeah. accounts that you could use. It was Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a, it was a place where we didn't belong because it didn't look like us. And for me, it's like, well, I literally, when I left Wall Street, I said, I will never wear a black or blue suit again because I truly believe wealth doesn't have a color. And we had this representation of what money looks like in this country. Say that. And it's like, no, it looks like all of us, but let me redefine and show you I'm the complete opposite of what I, what these people look like on Wall Street. How can I still create and build the way they're building, but look like Ashley Marie Fox? Like, Mm-hmm. I listen to all types of music, you know, like I like to dance. I like Jeezy. And it's like, it's okay to be who I am and still effectively build wealth. And I want to show the world that it's possible through who I am and what I do, but also the knowledge that I've gained. That's so amazing. My daughter was um, actually investing in and doing things in at, around the time that you were getting started in, in Wall Street. Oh, when wow. she was, this is my daughter here. Oh, nice. When she was in uh, 10th grade, uh-huh. she joined um, an investment club at okay. her high school uh, with some, some young man who went to high school with her. And I'm like, okay, my child is getting the information. Like she was investing in stocks before I ever what even city created. Here in Atlanta. Oh, she wow. used my, uh, what was it, Robin Hood? She created a Robin Hood account. Oh, nice. In my name. Right. <laughs> um, but I would look at the app like, okay, look at her. She's got $500 right, right, and then right. I'm seeing it grow and there's still money in this app. But like, that's how little education we had. Like we're taught make money, make money, make money right, for survival, right. not necessarily building money. You said something earlier about um, regardless of your financial status, you don't have to be like an entrepreneur to take advantage of this. You're going to make money. You're going to either build wealth through investing in your own idea or investing in somebody else's idea. Right. Uh, let's talk about the average person, mm-hmm. right? Um, who doesn't have a whole lot of money to invest. Um, I saw that you gave some education about three investments that every person needs to make. Mm-hmm. Three investments. Keep going. Uh, there, there was, there was a YouTube video that I saw that you did online uh, maybe three different investment accounts or three. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, do you yeah, know yeah. what I'm so, talking yeah, about? Yeah, okay. okay. Um, so first thing, so even if you're an everyday person, first off, you can't look at yourself like that. Okay. Right. Who you have been has gotten you this far, but who you're going to be tomorrow has, has to be somebody different. Mm-hmm. Therefore you have to think different. You have to do different. The issue is, and one people always ask, what was like the biggest thing I learned on wall street? It wasn't that they had the knowledge. It's that they had the belief. Mm-hmm. Like if you like, when they talk about privilege, they believe they have privilege. Like, and when you believe something, you walk, talk, and operate like I deserve it. Yeah. I have the power. I run this country. Therefore, I'm going to do everything I can to retain my power. Like, it's just, you. it's, and it's human nature. If you take the color away, you take the gender away, mm-hmm. it's like I run my business. I'm going to do everything in my power to protect my power in my business, rightfully so. And so I always tell people, like, you got to get yourself into a space where you believe you deserve this. We come into this space. I don't have money or have bad credit. Okay. That's who you were yesterday. Let's talk about where you're going. Yeah. And I think wealthy people, <laughs> they have this mindset that like, I want more. I'm going to build more. I'm going to do more. I'm going to be more. But we also have to recognize what country we live in. We live in because America itself is a business. Mm-hmm. We're taught to go to school, 
get a job, Mm -hmm. get a job to pay for school. Mm -hmm. And we repeat the cycle. And don't forget, you buy a house. When you buy a house, you take out debt. When you go to college, you take out debt. Well, where do you get this money from? The bank. The bank runs this country. There's no president that controls America. It's the bank. If we all took all of our money out of the bank, there's no America. So they need you to save. They need you to take out debt in order for this country to go round. So America, I always tell people, it's just the, the biggest marketer in the world. They're just good at marketing, Ooh. right? Like, And it's like, if you understand the rules of the game, yes. you can play it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's getting people to a space now. When you start investing, it's three types of accounts that exist. Tax now, tax later, tax never. That's it. Wealthy people care about protecting their money, making money, and avoiding taxes. That's it. And so if you go in that mentality, I'm going to focus on making more, protecting it, and avoiding taxes. Now, once people pay taxes, they just pay a lower tax rate than the average employee. Right. So with your tax now accounts, those are the accounts. If you make money in this year, it, you, you get cash. Like, mm-hmm. let's say some of the stocks you sold and you got cash. You pay taxes in that year. Yeah. Which is fine. Both you and America are happy. You made money right now. America's cool because they get taxed right now. Then you have tax later. So those are like your 401ks, your 403bs, IRAs. The government says make your money now. I'll let you not pay taxes, but you got to leave it in there. You pay taxes later. Mm-hmm. Avoid the taxes now, later. So if you have a job, you get $5,000. The money comes from that 5000 You put it in your IRA, your 401k, whatever, and then you pay the taxes. The income tax you were supposed to pay when you first got paid, mm-hmm. you pay it later, mm-hmm. right? So that's another way. Now, if there's a later and I'm deferring my taxes, the government says, cool, but you got a limit, right? Like, you, you can't put in millions of dollars to avoid taxes inside of an account. And then you have tax never, where the government says, cool, you don't have to pay taxes at all, but I got some rules for you. So the tax now accounts don't have any rules because everybody gets their money right then and there. Right. Now, you do want to have your money in a tax later. You do want to have your money in a tax never. You wanna, do want to have your money in a tax now. But you got to start to position You have to start to position yourself to say, if I'm going to build wealth in this country, I got to walk and talk like the 1%. I don't, you don't have to like them. You don't have to. You don't have to look like them. But if you're going to play this game, you got to know how the game is played. Mm-hmm. Because people made these rules, follow the rules, follow the blueprint. And I think we get so caught up with who we have always been. where we Because ha- we're talking to, it's easier to teach a kid because they have less conditioning. Right? Like, I can teach a child, but if I'm talking to an adult, I have to convince people to invest. Yeah. But I don't have to convince anybody to spend you don't have to convince a wealthy person to invest their money to make more. Yeah. You got to convince people. And again, we, ha- again, we, we, especially if you're black, like we have reasoning to doubt the American system, mm-hmm. to be scared. Absolutely. I get that. But you got to move past that because you can't save your way to wealth. And you can't work your way. I don't care what anybody says. We all know somebody who's worked really hard, who saved money and still are not wealthy. Yeah. Like, and so you have to let go of who you have been to unlearn it, to relearn who I need to become. And that's the hardest part about building wealth. Even like with me, I remember like when I hit my first million, I was sad. Like I was sad. And I'm because I felt so disconnected from the world, from my friends, from my family. And I felt like I was not good enough. What if I lost it? Mm -hmm. What, but you, but because I'm not used to having that kind of money, a wealthy person, if you are a child of a billionaire, you get a million, you're used to it. Yes. So how about I become used to millions? How about I become, I train my mind the way I can train my mind to learn a song 
to be used to millions of dollars. Mm. And it's, but again, I can recognize I would push money away because I've been at points where I've been kicked out of places. If I've been kicked out, now I'm afraid I'm not good enough. What if I lose my money? Mm -hmm. What if I get kicked out again? What if I go back to Philly and live in my parents' house again? Like, what if? And it's like I'm so focused on what happened in my past, which is my brain reminding me and protecting me. But what if I say, hey, it's okay, Ashley. We about to go make billions. Mm -hmm. If you got this far, I saw where you've come. Let's focus on where we're going. And we spend so much time on what we don't have. Oh, I only can invest 50. Well, just start with 50. Start with 50. Oh, oh, I'm, I don't have good credit. That's fine. Let's fix it. But every day, dedicate your time to fixing it. <clears throat> so it's, it's, we get so caught up in our own heads. And I spend more time shifting our mindset. Like my company is called Empify, not because... It has, first of all, I made the word so you would never have a preconceived perception of what it means, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the word empower and modify merged together because when I sat back in 2013, who was I going to be for the world? I was like writing, you know, the finance, da, 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 and I'm like, that, that's not it. Like, because you can Google everything I teach. But it's like if you give information and lack the inspiration to, 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 to pour love and excitement in somebody's heart to make them believe mm -hmm. that the information that you're giving them, they can do something with it. Mm -hmm. It changes who they become, which is where modify comes from. So we're going to educate you, but we're going to empower you. Cause I'm going to tell you, I know you can do this mm -hmm. and I'm gonna do it with you. And then when you do it, watch you start thinking different. You mentioned REITs, you go learn about REITs. You come to our class. You will never look at a property the same way again. Now you're thinking about owning that building, mm -hmm. but you're not telling yourself, do I have, I don't have good credit. I don't have a lot of money. I own REITs that are less than, I have REITs that are $10. And it's like, but they're paying me every single quarter. And it's like, what if I'm able to create something that challenges every thought that you have created to tell yourself why you can't do it? So I spend more time making people believe it's possible yes. because I know it's possible. But I don't expect them to know that because you've never seen what I've seen. But it's getting people into a space if you want to play this money game, you got to play like the people who run this country because mm -hmm. you can win in America. Mm -hmm. You just got to know the rules. And I always tell people, if you don't want to win in America, that's fine. You can leave. You can leave. But, but if you want to win, you don't have to struggle. Yeah. You can make a choice to say the system wasn't designed for me to win. But let me learn this system real quick because there are people who are winning in this system. And let me learn and do as much as I can to get better every single day. And that's and I'm OK with that. Mm, I love that. So the message that I hear over and over and over and the, even that I teach over and over and over for like in the business realm, right, is mindset. And there are so many people who still after you've said everything that you've said because of the exposure, because of the experience, because of the conversations that I was privy to, because of the, the evidence. Right. Uh, my mindset had to shift. Mm -hmm. My mindset had to see me not being trapped on the 27th floor of this building, but my mindset had to see me owning right. this building, this asset being mine one day. Um, there are still people who are challenging the thought like, oh, here they go with this mindset talk again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just get to the how to steps of how to do anything. And I truly believe that even if you did leverage three steps to do this or 10 steps to do that, if your mindset isn't intact, you're just setting yourself up to gain and then lose very quickly, right? right? Or not even understand what you've done. How much time do you spend um, being who you are right now in developing your mindset on a consistent basis? Uh Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, I always tell people things are not caught. Things are not taught. They're caught. Yep. So I can teach you the game, but you got to catch it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you might not be ready. For years, like, everyone, you know, you want to make your first million. You have to become a millionaire before the million hits your bank account. And I remember one time someone asked me, some, someone's, I don't remember what it was, but someone mentioned something to me and it was like, well, do you know, if you had a million dollars right now, do you know what to do with it? And I started to write down what I would do with a million dollars and I couldn't spend it. And it's like, well, you don't even know how to spend a million on the things you want for your business. Cause it wasn't for me, yeah. but for your business, you don't even know how much employees cost, but you want to be a millionaire cause it sounds good. Yeah. And it wasn't until I became a millionaire that a million was nothing. I, I, I need 20 million, like, mm-hmm. but I had to become the person who I wanted to be. And so getting into a space where you recognize you got to work on you every day. So I've been going to therapy since 2017. I have a therapist. I have a spiritual advisor. I have an executive coach and I have mentors. I have a personal trainer. I have a chef. I spend a lot of money on Ashley. Mm-hmm. I, have, I spend a lot of money on Ashley. And, and it's because I saw the return on my investment from going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And while it doesn't feel good, what comes from understanding why you do the things you do, where it comes from. It, it gives me clarity to not identify. Like, why was I successful, 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 but never happy? Mm-hmm. I had to then realize I was subconsciously trying to prove to the world that I was good enough. And it wasn't until I recognized the same thing you were doing in college is the same thing you're doing in business. It's the same thing you're doing in your relationships. Okay, maybe you're the common denominator. Not the guy, not the client, not the, like, and so I had to recognize I'm really good at also looking in the mirror. Yes. So, so I don't, even with my team, they could do something wrong. I could do something wrong. It's like, okay, how can I be better? And I'm very clear on, I don't know this answer. Let me go figure it out. But I don't point the finger. America mm-hmm. doesn't hate me. Maybe I got some issues with Ashley because I think I'm damn good at what I do. So people ask, like, what does it feel like being a black woman in finance? I feel like I walk in a room and I look different than everybody. Therefore, I stand out. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only one. Like, it's a bad thing. I'm the only one because it's a great thing. And mm. it took me a while to get to that space, but I had to recognize, why did I think I was un- not good enough in the first place? That came from my childhood. And it's like, okay, well, let's go relive those childhood moments and show up for Ashley then so that you could show up for Ashley today. Because if you can't show up for you, no man will ever do it. Yes. Your team will never deliver. The world will never deliver. And I just got to a space where I saw when I showed up for Ashley, the money came. Mm. When I showed up for Ashley, the opportunities came. Mm. And I, I have a bad habit of, of creating everything and doing everything I said I'm going to do. So it's like, just keep dreaming. Because if you read my journal in 2000, from what I wrote in 2011, when I was confused about Wall Street, mm-hmm. I called Empify it. And it was everything I do today, I don't know what it is, but I want to take something and make it better. I don't want to take something that's perfect. I want to pull out the greatness. I don't know what it is, but it feels like this. Mm-hmm. And everything that I said I wanted to do, I have, I've done it. And now it's like, okay, well, what's next, Ashley? And so for me, it's non-negotiable for me to work on Ashley. I'm not looking for anybody to give me anything, to do anything, because people are going to treat me how I treat myself. And I see when I show up for me, how people show up for me. When I honor my money and I'm not afraid of losing it, the money keeps coming. Mm -hmm. When I'm willing to let go of it and make the investment, it comes back tenfold. And so 
I have so much evidence to prove of like what my capabilities are yeah. that it's like I can catch myself when I'm off. Mm-hmm. I can catch myself. I got to go to therapy because I'm, I'm a little bit angry right now. I don't know where this anger is coming from. I need to go have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time learning me um, because I was forced to mm-hmm. and things were just not working out. And I think the deeper I got, the clearer I got as a person. Yeah. Clarity is everything. Clarity opens up the world to yeah. you, right? And exactly how you should be spending your time in it. You you said something so powerful. I think this is an exercise that I'm going to start having my clients do. And mm-hmm. I'm going to just tell you right here on the podcast. <laughs> You're going to hear me talk about this. Um, you said something about um, someone asking you if you had a million dollars today, how would you spend it? Mm-hmm. And you couldn't figure out how you'd spend it. Nope. And I think so many times, so often, like, when my, when my clients are coming to me and they're like, hey, you know, I want to go from zero to $500,000. Okay, why? Mm-hmm. Right? Can't just really be to make the money. Because we end up in situations like you've experienced and even I've experienced. I can show you how to make the money, but I can't really determine whether or not you're going to be happy. I can't guarantee right, right, that you're right. going to feel any sense of fulfillment there. So what do you really need? Sometimes it's not the $500,000. Right. Sometimes you just need $250,000 that will allow you to live this type of lifestyle based on the things that you actually need. Sometimes you'll try to break this number down and you're like, I really don't need Yeah, you don't. A it just sounds dollars. good. It sounds good. Yeah. And I think the internet plays a role in that too. Yeah. Like we want certain things and, and we want to live a certain way and have certain things. And it's like, I never wanted a million for Ashley. Like for me, I always knew I was going to be a billionaire. You couldn't tell me. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't, like, it's fine. What am I doing for the world? Mm-hmm. Like, because I realized when I gave the world my everything, mm-hmm. the money started to come. And I always tell you always hear do your passion and things. I learned early at at 23, 24, this isn't it, right? There is no plan B. If you gave me $100 million right now, I'd wake up and do exactly the same thing I'm doing every single day until I decide that there's something more for me out there, right? And so I think it's getting into a space where you recognize the the amount of money in your bank account is a direct correlation to your mindset. Mm. Like your bank account grows when you grow. So if you focus on you growing, your bank account will grow. You don't got to work harder. I worked less to make a million than what I did to make a hundred thousand. Me too. I'm like, say that, but I don't want y'all to miss what Ashley just said. In fact, I want you to pause this video right now. And I want you to open up the banking app in your phone And I want you to seriously look at your bank account balance. You are either very saddened by it, you are okay with it, or you are very excited about it. And I want you to ask yourself in real time, because sometimes, Ashley, um, people will watch these videos like you are dropping so much right now. Um, And and there's just so many directions to go in. But people will watch these videos and they'll feel really inspired. And then they don't do anything with the information or they don't make a direct connection with the information. So I want you to actually open up your bank account. Look at the balance. Write that number down right now and ask yourself, is your mindset in direct correlation to the balance in your account. So if you are not pleased with the balance in your account, maybe you're saying the wrong things to yourself. Maybe you're speaking to yourself in a way that's not in alignment with what you think you want. You have to actually speak to yourself. Like I am a firm believer in affirmations. You have to actually speak to yourself in a way that's in alignment with what you want. 
And then based on the amount of money that you have, I want you to identify the amount of money that you desire. How much money do you desire to have in your bank account? And now we have to start doing the work. You have you heard Ashley speak about uh, investing in herself. That was like your first really big investment. Investing in yourself, your therapist, um, getting your, your physical fitness together, staying on top of your health, hiring a chef, putting all of these supporting tools and resources around you that allow you to become. And I relate to that so much because I am constantly like every single year, if you ask me what my goal is, it's always to become the best and highest version of myself. Because any goal, no matter how big it is, if I am reaching for something bigger than I had the year previous, that means that I have to become something different. different. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's scary, though. Yeah. Because who and then sometimes you get stuck in the middle. Yeah. You, you get sometimes you are you're not who you used to be. Yeah. But you have not become who you're destined to be. And the two get they sometimes they get into a fight. Yes. And you get so confused because I don't I'm not this person. I don't want to go these places anymore. But I, I'm not there yet. And yeah. some and I, there was a, right before I came to Atlanta, I was afraid. I spent my whole summer in Paris and it was like an eat, pray, love thing for like three months because I was afraid to become a CEO. Mm. I was afraid to step into my light. Right. And I, when I came to Atlanta, I had the most money I ever had in life. Yeah. I had my dream apartment. Like I, I wanted to live in New York in this like new building, Florida ceiling windows. I was and I couldn't afford it, but I would go tour it every every other day. Like I kept acting like I was going to move in. Yeah. And when I moved to Atlanta, I had the equivalent in Atlanta. I had more money in my bank account than I ever had in life. And it's crazy because I was in Atlanta. I wouldn't unpack my stuff. And I had a, a session with my spiritual advisor. She was like, you scared to go deep. Like you, I'm a, I was afraid to accept who mm -hmm. I had become. I was unpacking myself and I was telling my mom, like, I have so many cabinets and closets. And it's like, well, girl, who are you not to have? Now you're going to find stuff to put in these closets. And yes, these, cause I just wasn't used to the abundance. And so I was so afraid to embrace it because I was still stuck on not having, mm. I was still stuck on operating like I had to live check to check because when I was in Paris I had no desire to make money I just was stuck I felt I felt like I was becoming too much of a finance girl and it's like this isn't who I am I'm not here to just make these finance videos like this isn't it like this I just ended up this way and so I remember right when I moved to Atlanta I went to Bali and I went with I went uh, with a couple friends of mine and it's funny so my one of my really good friends she puts together a retreat so her equivalent to my Paris trip was in this like a uh, small like area in Bali so we go there and to me it was you know it was it was beautiful over here but they were but it was it was they were sleeping on wooden boards it wasn't yeah. that like I had on thousand dollar shoes and I'm like I don't want my shoes to get like I was just <laughs> like so I remember uh, sleeping in our room and it was a bathroom like outside. It was a nice place, but I'm like, eh, mm -hmm, this isn't really mm -hmm. it. And so I'm sitting there like, why am I here? Yeah. Like I flew all the way around the world <laughs> to come to Bali, thought this, you know, this is my first time. And I sat there, I'm like, okay, Ashley, everything happens for a reason. Why are you here? And it hit me. It's like, well, you didn't embrace the abundance you had in Atlanta. So let me bring you back to this regular life. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, I get it. I'm going to go home and I'm going to own who I become. So then I went to another place in Bali and I had a great luxurious life. And so when I went, when I went home, but when I was in Bali, one of my girlfriends said, she was like, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm going to walk into my light and I'm afraid. So she's like, what is one thing you can do to walk and see your light? And I was like, I could post one time a day on Instagram. She was like, do it. I came home. I never missed a day. I went viral like three times that year and like, 
like my our whole my whole life changed, my whole business changed, and it was like all I had to do was walk into my light because for so long I was afraid of being Ashley. Mm -hmm. I was afraid of being a CEO. I was afraid of having a team. I was afraid to show up and be that woman that I said I wanted to be on Wall Street, but I, I hadn't become her. And it's so interesting now because I am that woman, mm -hmm. and it's like I'm used to being this woman. And it's like, well, that woman has to pay for a, a personal trainer. That woman has to pay for a chef. That woman has to have a housekeeper. Like, And you just think it's just something to have, mm -hmm. but it's like I can't afford to cook every single day, yes. even if I wanted to, because I have more things that I have to do and I have to be able to be willing to spend the money to utilize my time. And I think I, I always saw myself as being that woman, but I didn't own that version of her. And I think yeah. we have to get to a space where you start to, embody that new version of you mm -hmm. embody that bank account and like the money I had when I moved to Atlanta I can't do nothing with that now like the money that I was so excited to make in a year I can't even pay my bills with in a month and it's like you would have thought overnight I became her but it feels normal now and so it's like, how do I normalize a hundred million? Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? What does a hundred million dollar woman look like? Well, if you can't complain that you got to do this. Well, you, you, you can't complain that your, your staff is making you mad. Well, you want a hundred employees. Well, girl, you better get used to these seven. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, let's normalize the things that we're struggling with. Let's normalize the things that are frustrating us because we want those to be the small problems to become the next version of who we need to be. How did you discover and get really clear on what your light is um I think it so it happened by accident so like I was featured in the news in 2014 um and it was my first time having makeup and like it was just interesting because I didn't really sign up to be famous I just wanted to literally like educate the world but mm -hmm. I didn't want you to see me because remember when I was educating the world I was getting, ki I was getting kicked out of my apartment yeah. I just had this idea I made up this word called Empify and I wanted the world to have it um, and I was asked to be in the news and they took my interview and it was all over the internet like mm -hmm. all these different publications took it I had no website I was on the verge of getting evicted and I was like I didn't sign up for this like but I was this black you know Ex Wall Street analyst, like I was a headline, right? Yeah. So I kind of hid, and in 2017 and 18, I went on TV. I went on the news in the news again. Mm -hmm. I was like featured in Forbes, and I was scared. And when I went on TV, you know how when you look at yourself in a video, you're looking for like, you know, is my hair messed up? Like, yeah. what's wrong? It was nothing wrong with my clip. And I was like, this is good, and they liked it. They were trying to like get me on Fox to like be like a, a normal like person, have her own segment, and. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is this is good and I can't handle it. So that's when I decided to go to therapy because I saw the direction my life was going and I knew I could not handle being in the public eye. And I didn't know why mm. I would get anxiety. I would get scared. And it's like, I don't know why I'm feeling like this because there's nothing wrong with me. I look good. I'm smart. I'm, if I'm if you gonna put my own TV, put me. But why am I not happy? And so I went to therapy and then one of my mentors said, it's selfish of you to hide who you are from the world, knowing what you know. Yep. And it's like, who but Ashley could have her experience, go through what she's been through, and you want to hide this from the world? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't be a secret. And it does, you know, and and that's the thing about being black. Like, we, we can feel like the world feels this way about us, but at the same time, that's what makes us great. Like, because you, there are very few black people in finance, because there are very few 
black women in finance because mm-hmm. you know like and most people in finance don't even go on the internet and it's like well if you're gonna scroll through your timeline you gotta get something and i'd rather it be my energy because mm-hmm. i didn't start this to make money because of you i started this so i can make money with you so i can show you what i saw on wall street and so for me my light found me and i had to own into it i had to walk into it but it was a point when i was in bali i found myself not being happy for people on social media. And I never was that girl. Like Mm. I didn't, I wouldn't hate on people, but I would see people doing things that like, girl, like you could do this. Like what, what this part, like, and it's like, well, one, I know you need to send love to that person because if you're giving that kind of energy, that means there's something going on with you and you feel that that way about yourself. So this is when I go to like my spiritual advice and I talk like, and so I would tell my girlfriend and she was just like, you know, you can do these things. And it's like, but what you what do you need to do to, to do that? And it's like, I gotta come outside. I gotta like, I gotta shine. I got I gotta be seen. And it's like, yeah. if you don't feel good enough to be seen, what are you doing this for? Mm-hmm. And I think over time I've accepted, and I'm still accepting it. Um, because I feel I feel better. I'm like an introvert. I'm only an extrovert in my craft. You put me on stage, I, I dominate. <laughs> but I would I would just I'm okay with being in the house. Yeah. Like I'm okay with just reading a book, watching TV, like, but it's like is that really why you're here? But yeah, you want to be this woman. You want to have this. It's kind of like, well, this comes with a job. So you got to figure out how to find peace with being outside. And it's like, well, let's start with going on the internet. Because mm-hmm. I never cared about social media. I documented my journey, but not intentionally. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I want to show the world what we're doing, but I'm not, I don't want to produce content. I don't want to manage. I don't want to, you know, look at the data and things like that. And once I started to make content, it was like, it was just so easy because all I had to do was be me. Yeah. I didn't want to be anybody else. It's like, well, this is easy. I could talk about this stuff all day. Just turn the camera on. And it started to work. And it's like, okay, well, accept that. And after a while, I started to realize how easy it was to be me. But it took me a long time to be okay with being me. I had to go through a lot to love Ashley. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a point in life where I didn't like the woman in the mirror. And there's still some days where I don't like the woman in the mirror. But I'm also smart enough to know when you don't love you, you got to go call the people that, that, that you pay to help you figure Find out. Love. Yeah, like, <laughs> if I'm not happy with Ashley as a CEO and, you, you know, you don't have an answer, it's time to get an executive coach. And I've had a lot, and it's like I'm at a point now where it's like I need one that has built and sold businesses because mm-hmm. I'm selling mine for $3 billion, no questions asked. So who can put me in a position to build a sellable business, mm-hmm. whether Ashley exists or not, that can be sold for billions of dollars. Well, let me go find somebody who's done it. Let me go find somebody who's coached people and like has that experience because I know this isn't it, you know? And so I'm really good at knowing when my cup is empty mm-hmm. and I know what my cup is yearning for and I go out and find it. Mm. We are so similar, Ashley. I'm sitting here listening. First of all, you've checked me like three times in really? this conversation. <laughs> like I'm over here jotting stuff down that I immediately have to go and do like, I even have to remind myself, like, Donnie, how dare you have the audacity to lay in bed all day? Like, that's not in alignment with the woman that you say you want to be. All these things that you want to become, like, sure, take your moment of rest. But there is a difference between a moment of rest and procrastination or just flat out laziness. Your trip to Bali for you is very similar to a trip that I just took a couple of weeks ago with a girlfriend of mine. Mm-hmm. We went to Scottsdale, oh, nice. Arizona. Have you ever been? Mm-hmm. One of yeah. the most beautiful experiences. And the first resort that we went to was Bare Bones. Okay. When I Googled best meditation resorts in Scottsdale, <laughs> Arizona, uh-huh. 
this particular property comes up. Okay. We're so excited. We get there and it's like, hmm, first impression, right? And I am trying to, this is my first time traveling with this girlfriend. She's from Philly too. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and this is my first time traveling with her and I don't want to be that person <laughs> on I'm the trip, girl. right? I don't, I'm, I am that girl. But I don't want to be that girl, right, <laughs> on this trip because we had both decided that we were going on this trip for a reset. Okay. And you can't bring that girl's energy on a reset, right? Okay. So we go and we're on this resort. And the first the first day, I'm like, you know what? This is a minimalist property. We are <laughs> we are here to meditate and relax and, you know, restore ourselves. We'll make it work, right? Did she feel the same way? She was, she was sick the day that we got there. Okay, so okay, she okay. was just like, I just need a bed. Okay, right. Okay, okay. So she goes to her room. We hang out um, in her room. We eat and then we kind of go our separate ways. And so the next morning I go to their cafe to get breakfast mm -hmm. and there's nothing that I mm -hmm. want to eat you at got, this cafe. Yeah, I know that Right. Feeling. And <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm, I'm looking, okay, I'll get a snack. No problem. I'll get a snack. What, what is mushroom jerky? Like, I don't want this. This is not what I eat. So I go back to the room and I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and I'm like, my spirit is not at ease here. Like, I'm not going to get what I needed to get out of this experience in this place. So I had to be that girl. Mm -hmm. And we transferred over to another side. I called her like, listen, I know you're good here. I can't do it. I can't be here another night and we're supposed to be here for six days. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make it through these six days. And we ended up going to a different resort, which actually is the number one Wait, resort. Where'd you go? We went to, um, we, we were at Sivana, okay. which I have an interesting story about. Um, and we ended up going to sanctuary. Oh, that's where I stayed. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it nice? Yeah. So we ended up going to sanctuary and upon arrival, it was like, you know, what I'm used to. People are racing to open the doors for you. They want to take mm -hmm. their bag, your bags. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like all the food you could eat. And, you know, it's just in an area that's kind of popping. But you're going to need. Did you do the Wat, the Watsu experience at Sanctuary? No. Okay. I, actually so. went, I went with one of my girlfriends for a. Uh, it was right before my birthday that I went to. You yeah, have to go back and have this experience. But I went there and I got the good, like I understand what my balance is mm -hmm. and what I need, but it was one of the most spiritual awakening trips for me that I've experienced. And I just got back maybe two weeks ago. And from that point, like I came back with my team. I have a long to-do list We because I, I was in that balance. Right, I was, right, I right. was trapped between who Donnie says she wants to be mm -hmm. and who Donnie is behaving as today. I'm not quite Donnie from last year, mm -hmm. but I'm certainly not looking at five. I'm not looking like five year vision, Donnie, right? right? right. I'm, I'm battling and I'm going backwards. And now I want to hang out and I want to do things that I know are not in alignment with the woman that I am trying to become. So this mm -hmm. reset was everything that I needed. And I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm doing my 20 year visualization. I'm visualizing who I will be, not who I want to be, but who I will be in 20 years. And I come back and the most productive, I love conversations like this and connections like this because I'm even listening to you now like, oh, okay, wait, I gotta, I gotta turn this up mm -hmm. like a whole lot. I gotta I got turn this up to another level and I hope that the people who are watching this can feel this energy right now like it really does start with mindset it really is fully based around belief and sometimes when you're struggling to believe 
you have to have people around you who believe on your behalf right. and you borrow mm -hmm. their belief. Like, I don't see this woman in me right now, but I know that you do. And if you say it, okay, mm -hmm. let me move forward based on the belief. You say you like to be alone. You like to be at home. Mm -hmm. um, but you sound like you have a good group of girlfriends around you. That I'm like a, I'm like, I'm like in a turtle shell. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've also just been, I don't know. I'm, it depends on the season of me. Yeah. Um, I think I'm now getting into a space where I'm coming back. Um, yeah. So it really depends. But for me, I, I've learned that I'm an introvert. I get charged up alone and I can be around people and they exude a lot of energy from me. And I got to go back. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I go out and it's like, I don't really want to talk about finance today, but I know yes. when I, you know, that, that's, that's what people, you know, and I understand that and I got to show up as her, mm -hmm. but sometimes I just don't want to be her mm -hmm. and I get charged up just being alone. So, and I've learned, but I've been like that since middle school. I, I started to literally like, you've always, cause I think something was wrong with me. Like, you know, like I'll watch people like, wow, they look so cool. Yeah. And then I'll get around, I'll be like awkward. And it's like, but I really, I'm not, I'm not saying anything mean about you. I just, I don't know what my body and my energy looks like, yeah. but it's like, maybe, I don't know. So, and I think also too, when you spend so much time working on you, Mm -hmm. You have to then come back out to the world as a new version. Mm -hmm. And you're now an infant because I spent about two years of loving Ashley, like traveling alone, going out, like, and really learning, like, who are you and what do you do and why do you do it? And then I went back outside and it was like weird. Like, it was like, I don't really want to do these things. Like I would, I remember going out on Fridays just because it was a Friday. Now it's like, why am I going outside again? Like, Any I, don't, other day. I don't, yeah. Like if it's, if it's not going to fill my soul, mm -hmm. I don't want to spend my time on it, you know? And sometimes yeah. being with Ashley fills my soul. So I think it really just depends on the moment for me. Um, but I've also accepted that like, wow, like, like my partner, he's, he, he's out there. Like he, he's just a social butterfly. Like during COVID, he went crazy during COVID. I felt normal yeah. like, because I'm so used to not, um, just being out there. So mm -hmm. it's like, I've, I've accepted this is who you are. Yeah. Um, and people I give to the world mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. Well, and that's what it is. I can go back and forth between introvert and extrovert mm -hmm. as well. Like it just depends. It depends on the energy of the people around me. Sometimes I need to be out there and let yeah. my light shine. And then sometimes I'm perfectly fine sitting in my room, shining my light on my damn right, self. Right. right. So either way it can go either way. Um, people will ask me, well, what are you doing, you know, on Friday? Same thing I did on Tuesday. Right. I mean, like <laughs> it, it looks the same right, for right, me. Right. Um, and, but I, I think, I think that this is quite indicative of a person who pours mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. You just pour so much and you have to sit inside. You have to plug in to your inner self. You have to plug into the things that make you feel your best self in order to recharge. And I know that I'm often misunderstood sometimes yeah. because I like I'll tell my team, get me out of here. Like I'm 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 peopled out right now. Mm -hmm. I have to I have poor, poor, poor because I will go in. Right. I am committed to showing up for people who are inspired or impacted by me. I'm committed for people, you know, who have come to see me. I'm going I'm taking all the pictures. I'm answering all the questions. And that adrenaline is like really going in that moment. Mm -hmm. But the moment I see that last person yeah. waiting to speak. Let's get me yeah. out of here. Wrap, wrap this up. Get me get like get me out of here. Yeah. And I'm feeling like um you are in yeah. a very I think I give way. so much that my yeah, but I also give so much effortlessly mm -hmm. and I give it all. Oh. Like if I'm there, I'm there's no I don't hold back. Yeah. You're getting all of Ash. I'm also very because I've broken 
and remove so much of the layers that have been guarding me and my heart, it's easy for me to just be authentic. Yeah. And so, but being authentic allows people in your energy too. And so for me, sometimes um, once I'm, once I'm, once I'm, once I teach a class, I'm done. Like yeah. it's like, but, but I turn into a different person that I don't even know who I am, but it's felt and it's like, okay, it's over. Okay. I'm going back. I'm going like, back. That's, <laughs> I mean, we're like back a in my shell. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just recently learned it about myself because people used to think like, I didn't like them. And it's like, no, why would you think that? Why would you say that about yeah, me? But I, you know what's crazy? I actually learned that the most with my team. And I'm just recently I went to uh, I went to an event and I was with the C, the former CEO of Ford. And he said, when you are a leader, your facial expression no longer belongs to you. And I was mm. like, ooh, this is what my team is talking about. And it's just like sometimes I'm not always on. Sometimes I'm frustrated and I could be thinking about something that has nothing to do with the person in front of me. But because of who I am in that person's life, especially running a business, that impacts their their day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. like how do you monitor your face all the time? And so now I have just people around me who call me out and I just do my best to show up. But I also have to accept that if you're going to be this woman for the world, you got to show up as this woman for the world and also give yourself space to not have to be that woman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually just learned that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not an introvert. I'm loud. I'm excited. I'm hyped. I'm out here. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, but it's like, yeah, but, but only in your craft. Have you ever seen pictures come back? Like maybe the content that you're creating internally with your team or you're at an event somewhere or on a panel and you see the pictures come back and you're like, Ugh, yeah. why was I looking like that? My sister just told me that yesterday. <laughs> She's like, I could tell you didn't like what they said. I said, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. But, I, but those are things I want to work on because... Yeah. It's like when you're the president of the United States, you can't look angry. You cannot look angry. And it's like, that's not fair to the president or whoever it is. But it's like, well, you decided to be that person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what comes with that territory. And these are the things that I tell people, like, like building a business, it looks good and it sounds good. But it's so many things that are just unwritten mm-hmm. that it's just like, oh, I just have to do this now. What if I'm having a bad day? Just mm-hmm. like someone on my team. Well, this is not your, this is, this is, this is your business. You got to look good every day because that can literally, and I've watched how my energy in my office yes. will shift the energy of my team. And it's like, just cause I'm not feeling good. Doesn't mean you guys, but it's like, it is powerful, but it's scary. And it's like, okay, how do I, but this is why I pay thousands of dollars for coaches. Mm-hmm. Because if you had employees of 500 people on your team and you've built this business, you had to go through this too. Yeah. Well, tell me how I can be better. You know, mm-hmm. so I've owned the task. I'm not perfect, but I'm okay with recognizing. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know you had an attitude because I had an attitude, or you know, or I said this this way, mm-hmm. and it hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is how I talk? And it's like, but not everybody receives it that way. So now you got to learn your players. But it's your job as a coach to know your team and mm-hmm. be the best version of you to serve the people that are working with you to serve the world that you're impacting. And it's like, you want me to do that and make money? Do, and- you, do you give your team um, love language tests? So we just so so now I'm getting into a space. So now I'm in that space, the space in business where I I know how to make money, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, okay, cool. But to get to where we need to get to, how you make money is not that's not gonna work not anymore. Gonna work. So it's like, and, and it's like, okay, well, you actually need a team. And it's like, okay, well, I don't know what that means. So I started to, ha- I started to build a team, hire a team. Mm-hmm. And now I'm learning what comes with that. And now I'm seeing how my energy dictates the energy. And like now that there's different people and we want to grow, it's like, okay, what does, what does Empify look like as a culture when there's people consistently coming into the company and they're a representation of who we are in the world? And so we took our disc assessments. Mm-hmm. But for me, the team part 
mm-hmm. is is different. It's like where where was this when I quit my job to change the like where where was this? Because it's not even just about a team. Because I have a heart. Like mm-hmm. I've had friends who like call their team like yeah, they be in the office slaving for me, and it's like. I would never I don't, speak. But I know yeah. men who've raised millions of dollars who operate like that. And it's yeah. kind of like, I actually care. Yeah. Like, I actually actually do want to know how your day was. Like, you know, like, so, but it's like, how do I care, run my business, mm-hmm. set the standard, mm-hmm. be excellent, and cultivate a culture and an environment? So, for me, that's new. Yeah. Like, that's, that's new for me while also still being stuck on, oh, I know how to make some money. Mm-hmm. When it's like, well... Some a part of you has to be taken away from making that money, yeah. which is scary because I got PTSD. I've been kicked out of places before. So like me not making money. Whoa. What if I miss payroll? What if I can't do this to now learn how to be a CEO and show up for my team? Mm-hmm. And it's like to learn my players what what they're bet like now I'm at a space where I'm learning like this person is not good at this, but they're really good at this. Well, dang, I got to hire somebody to fill this void. But I don't know if I had the money to hire that person. So now I got, it's just so many different pieces. And so I literally spend so much time saying, I don't know. And it's like, go pay for a coach. Mm-hmm. And I will pay thousands of dollars to tell you all of my problems. Yeah. And, the, and, and say the things that I just don't know. So like, I understand the value of making an investment in me and I will pay top dollar yeah. for for people to guide me in the direction that I can go in. And because I come from a Wall Street background, I'm not afraid of people who don't look like me. I actually value them more because now you see the world through a lens I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know, how did you maneuver this way through that, not as a woman? What is it like for a man to run a team where he doesn't love his whole team and want to hug on his whole team the way I do, but still kill it and make millions and billions of dollars? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm I grew up, in, a, in an environment and throughout my career of all nationalities. So I know the value of having all different types of people in my For corner sure. and I can feel safe around black people, but sometimes I feel safe around rich white guys because that's what I was around on Wall Street because that's what my brain knows. Yeah. And I was forced to be uncomfortable every day in an environment that didn't look like me. So while it scared me, I actually kind of feel comfortable in that discomfort because that's what got me to be who, where I am today. And so, so for me, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like I I literally have a call with my chief of staff, like, girl, I don't know. I'm gonna figure it out. Like this, let's try, let's try this. Let's do this. I don't know. But I got I just hired a new executive coach. And when I sat and talked to him, I told him all my problems, all of them. And they were so easy for him to fix. He's like, what's your goal? If we had a crystal ball a year from now, what are you hitting? Mm-hmm. And so I gave him crystal. I gave him crystal clear goals. And he's like, these are vague. We got to make these sharper. But we can do this. We can talk about this. He's like, tell me who your players are. Who are your A and B players? You got any C players? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do everybody on my team. And, and I'm like, this is how I feel. He's like, okay. But he, it was as if he saw my problems. And it's like, cool. I'm listening to you and I'm very disciplined. So you give me the actionable steps. I'll go do it. I'll come back and ask for more. I think I was just in a space in the new space of managing a team Mm -hmm. that I didn't have the actionable steps. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you don't have an employee handbook and then everybody wants to take off? And I'm like, I don't know. Why you want to take off? I'm in here every day. But (laughs) at the same time, you don't have the capacity to sit down and put together a whole company wide set of SOPs. (laughs) It's like, I need them. I need to be able to tell people what to do. So I think it's, it's the, you, I'm, I became that CEO. Mm-hmm. I, I'm forced to be her now. 
the woman I was I was afraid to be when I was in Paris. So I'm grateful that I am her. But it's like, well, where is the rule book to doing this? And it's like, and I think I thrive in those areas, even though it frustrates me. But I keep going. Every mm-hmm. day I wake up, I'm just very consistent in, in evolving as Ashley. And when I don't have an answer, I go find it and I will pay for the answer. I, I will go out and because I also connect off of energy. Mm-hmm. So I've had executive coaches that have been therapists. I'm like, I don't want a therapist. I got that. Like, you mm-hmm. don't got to tell me. We don't got to talk about my confidence here. Mm-hmm. You got to show me what you need to do when you want to sit here and fire somebody and you can't. And you don't know how to go hire the next person. You know, like just little things like that. Yeah. And so I'm really good at knowing where I'm not strong Mm -hmm. and I'm not afraid to say, this is where I'm hurting. This is where I'm confused and I need help. Yeah. Um, And I'll say that publicly and I'll go pay for somebody to help me get clarity around it um, through every phase of my life. Yeah. I think that um, the world, especially Americans right now are suffering greatly Uh, You said that you're good at identifying where you need help and where you're suffering or where you're struggling. And I think that uh, it's evidenced, right, that our population is struggling significantly in the area of finances. Mm -hmm. We know how to apply for jobs. We know how to clock in for 40 hours. We know how to calculate what our income is going to be on a weekly or monthly basis. Um, maybe part of it was the belief part belief piece that's missing uh, that I could go from a person who brings in $2,500 a month that can now start making small investments that can yield me greater returns. But I think that you just did a lot here in this, in this conversation to instill some belief in somebody today that didn't believe before, but what do we do now? So, I understand it. I understand that I have a problem financially. I understand that I need to be making investments to get to my next level. You've just made me believe, Ashley, I'm just getting started for the first time. Where do I start when it comes to investing my money? So first thing I want to say is go to Empify.com. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because there's a lot of resources that we have to educate those who don't know and Mm -hmm. need to know where to go. So I'm really big on not just telling you, but showing you, but also doing it with you. And so we have a Wealth Builders community, which is like the Netflix of finance, where I learned that I can go teach in the school system. Mm-hmm. I can go be somebody's financial advisor, mm-hmm. but I need to serve the world. Mm-hmm. I can go create a class, but a class isn't going to help you unlearn. It'll give you some juice right then and there, but you're going to go back to your same timeline, back to your same friends, back to your same family, that is going to emphasize who you have been. And so I'm a firm believer that if you want to learn the language of money, how else do you learn a language? You don't just read one book and take one class. Mm. You show up to class all the time. You start speaking that language. You're around it. You're reading it. So when it comes to, to learning how to invest, we created our community because you, I have to embed this in your mind every day. If you're going to start building wealth, this country and what happens in the stock market impacts your life, whether you like it or not. Therefore, you have to pay attention. You also have to be around people who want to build wealth. Like it took, I had friends who didn't care to invest, right? Mm-hmm. I had, I, now I have friends and they're doing things with their money. It's like, okay, I got I got some work I got to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to be around that, but you, you also have to be around that. Like we're all human. So it's getting into a space where one, you are evolving and made a conscious effort to say, I'm going to read an article every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn. I'm going to consume. And I always tell people for so long, We've watched people eat at this restaurant, this fancy restaurant. Food looks good. They're living this lavish life. 
and we always felt like the doors were locked, right? And now it's a space where the door is not locked. Mm-hmm. You can go eat at this restaurant. And I'm telling you, come on in. I've been I've talked to every chef. I understand every meal that has been prepped. Now it's time for you to go eat the different foods at the buffet. The problem is we want to eat everything at one time. So we take every class on the internet, we listen to every financial guru, we buy everything we see, not realizing that we're 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 stuffed and we didn't even really do anything that we needed to do. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's about let me expose you to what's out there. That th- these are things that like we have in our app for our members. Let me expose you to what's out there and you decide what your taste buds are ready for. You might not like REITs. I have people tell me, well, why would I buy a REIT and they're only paying me this? Okay, well, what other option do you have? I'm down. You don't. You can go buy the property. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I run a business. I'm getting stressed out about my team. I don't want to be stressed out about a tenant, right? So it's getting into a space where you are in the position to want to learn a new language mm-hmm. and you're not just doing it to develop the skill. You have the will to learn. I'm going to break my family's generational curse. I'm going to pass down generational wealth. I'm going to build this legacy for my friends and my family. It's going to be my last name that the world remembers. And you have to make that a promise. Yeah. And then every day I'm going to learn a little bit more. I'm going to walk towards the things that scare me. I'm not going to be afraid to set aside $10 I'm going to open that brokerage account. I'm going to buy the stock, not that the guru said on the internet, but the one that I give my money to all the time. Maybe we got things like our cell phone, the apps we use, the TV we watch, all these things. These these people made these billions of dollars because of us, right? Mm -hmm. And so... For me, it's cultivating an environment where we are the language of money and we're not stopping because building wealth isn't something you start and you stop. It be it, like a wealthy person. This is who they are. Yes. This is what they talk about. This is what they read. This is mm-hmm. what they consume. Their friends are doing this and it's doing things like you said, going to that 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 resort that opens the door for you because you're great. Right. Like and, and you create the standard that everybody opens my door. Yeah. Everybody knows my name when I hop on this flight, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, while you may not have that every single day, getting a taste of it tells your mind you're worthy of having it, right? And so now we're having this cash flow creation summit where it's five straight days of something I've never done in my life. Mm -hmm. So you usually get me for an hour, 90 minutes, and then I go back into my shell. But it's what if I can take a process and give it to you over five days covering core topics. So talking about how are we thinking like the 1%, right? Because, again, you can, I can give you the game, but if you're not thinking like you deserve to be in this room, mm-hmm. what good is it, right? Mm-hmm. Then we're talking about learning how to take care of our debt because debt is not a financial problem. It's an emotional problem. Mm. It, it, it's an emotional problem. And some of us, we use debt, we're addicted to debt, and that's fine, but you got to recognize you're worthy without it. You don't you don't need the debt. You're going to leverage the debt. And where mm-hmm. a lot of most Americans are not in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. But you want to leverage the debt to make you more money, not because you feel like you don't have the money. And I always tell people you can't buy it twice. You can't afford it. And you definitely shouldn't be using debt to buy it. So getting people to a space where let's talk about the debt you have. Let's manage it. Let's build the game plan and strategies that work for you, because people look at me like I want to buy what you buy. I'm 34 years old and I'm an auntie and I love my niece to death. But. I give her back, you know, like I don't have children and not everybody's in a position to just pick up and travel the world and do what I do. So my risk tolerance, what I invest in, how I invest may be different, but I'm here to show you what's out there. You can decide what works for you, but I'm the person that's going to translate the knowledge. And we're going to talk about building passive income with REITs. So which is real estate investment trust Mm -hmm. where you can invest in 
a commercial a company that owns, operates, and manages commercial real estate from billboards to hospitals to senior homes to malls to amusement parks, right, to apartment buildings, office buildings. You don't have to have all this money to buy real estate and collect income, and you also don't have to manage a tenant. So how can I put people in a position that tell themselves, oh, I can't get into real estate, but let me show you how you can. If you got $10, we can get a REIT, and you can collect passive income. And the more $10 you have, the more income you get, and you never have to talk to a tenant a day in your life, right? Getting into a space where... We're investing in dividend-paying stocks, stocks that also pay you passive income, but they're some of the biggest and best companies. So when you're worrying about, is my company going to be here tomorrow? Chances are it's the number one employer in America, and they're paying you a dividend. I don't think America will let them go anywhere. Yeah. So let's talk about that, right? And I think we have this mentality that we got to get rich quick. And it's like I always tell people, being rich is having a lot of money right now. Being wealthy is having a lot of money generation after generation after generation. Mm -hmm. I watch wealthy people avoid taxes by giving money to their grandkids. They skipped their kids. They gave them to their grandkids. And it's like you have generations of wealth and, and, and the preservation of someone's last name every single generation. And we look up and we got to start all over every generation. And it's like, how can I put people in a position where we're starting with where you are, what you have, and you are pushed every single day to progress. And then we're going to talk about legacy planning. And so I've been in a position where I have lost everything, couldn't pay my bills, kicked out of my apartment, slept on my parents' couch. I've, I've seen millions of dollars. I've lost a bunch of money. I've made a bunch of mistakes. I've been in prison systems. I've taught kids. I've been in the homes of billionaires. But I'm also the recipient of generational wealth. I know what it feels like for someone to pass, and my family benefits from what they created for the rest of our life. So if I'm the recipient of wealth and I'm the creator of it, now it's my time to tell the world, if we're going to build this mansion, if we're going to lay these bricks, we need to make sure that the person that is building is always protected. And if they're not, that house that you're building for your family doesn't go to waste. So how are we learning how to invest, but we're making sure that our children, the people we love, that we are responsible for, are taken care of, not just when you pass, but for the rest of your life. Because the Rockefellers are the Rockefellers for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. It's one thing to create wealth, but it's another thing to preserve it. Like, like it's so hard to make money and then the next generation retains it. And there's so many cultures like that, now, regardless of how they started their wealth. But it's, it's, it's not easy to retain it. And it's like, if we're going to play this investment game and we got all these great people talking about building wealth, showing you how to build businesses, what happens to your business when the person running the business is not here? Yeah. What happens to your kids when you're making all these investments and you're learning how to invest and they can't get into your account? Mm -hmm. What happens to that home you bought and then they get kicked out of it because you don't own it because you're still paying debt on it, right? And so it's giving people a space where let's talk about how we can create cash flow with what we have where we are but sustain it and pass it down generation after generation. And so our Cash Flow Creation Summit is me stepping out of my comfort zone because now I'm on camera five days straight and giving you everything and so much that I've learned over the course of five days so that you can effectively build wealth and dominate Q4. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to make you $50,000. No, we're going to make exactly what you are willing to put up. And you got to say, I'm willing to put up $5, Ashley, then let's show up and let's turn $5 into $5 million. But we can't quit. And I'm here to guide you through it. I'm here to shift your mindset through it. And I'm here to give you the tools to get it done. Whew. My God, you cannot tell me that you are watching this episode and you're not like literally on the edge of your seat ready to make a move. You might not know what the move is, <laughs> but you know that you're ready to make a move. What's the website again? 
MyCashflowCreation.com. MyCashflowCreation.com. You're also going to see it in the description of this video. Ashley, I think this is one of the, my favorite conversations that I've had on this platform so far. Uh, you are so knowledgeable. Thank you. And I love that you're able to go deep. Right. You have layers to the information, not just really surface level information. And and you've inspired me today. Thank you um, for sure. So, like I said, I don't know what I'm about to go do, <laughs> but I do know that I'm about to go do something. Um, you want to leave us with some final words as we're closing the episode out? Um, so I would say. Just don't stop. I think life be life in life be life. And no matter where you are financially, know that it's possible. Because if I can go through what I've been through and be here today to tell you that it's possible, to go from working on Wall Street to taking what Wall Street gave me to give it to you, it's not being afraid to start small and build big. A whole lot of $5 can lead to a whole lot of millions. But the person making the investment has to be worth the investment. And that's not me or you. You got to recognize if I'm here watching this today, I'm going to take what I learned, not because we told you to do it, but because you're worthy of doing it. And so social media underscore Ashley and Fox, my cash flow creation. It's first time five day, all day summit. No, sorry. First time five day. I'm dedicating all my days to it. But a couple hours a day, we're literally covering everything to help you build cash flow, no matter where you are and where you want to go. Um, so, yeah, my cash flow creation. Uh, listen. It's, I'm there. excited. Look, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited talking about. I don't know. I don't know how I'm about to become this person. Mm -hmm. But if I say I'm gonna do something, done. I'm gonna show up. Done. Yes, done. mycashflowcreation.com. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's about to be Q4. Mm -hmm. Like that's the best time. Nobody watch. No, we can watch quarter one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. We determine who wins and who loses in the fourth quarter. It's something about that fourth quarter. Yeah, energy. that fourth it's, quarter energy brings it home. Like, don't get scared. Get excited. Get excited. Like, let's, let's, let's dominate. And I think if building wealth is something that matters to you, you got to let go of who you have been and know that I'm not afraid to start small. And there's a woman that's here that says, it's okay because I have a niece. I started with $35. My first stock, I invested $100. And that was over 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I think you got to recognize that if you could work at your job for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, yes. you can invest in yourself for the next 5, 10, 15, and 20 years. Let's go. You heard it from the Ashley M. Fox right here on Full Transparency, you guys. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Do me a favor in the comments. I want you to take action right away. I want you to comment your biggest takeaway from Ashley in this episode this week. We need to know what's vibing with you so that we know how to continue to pour into you and educate you going forward. Also, if you are looking for a business development mentor, Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Check out www.actionableceo.com. You'll find links to my programs as well as Ashley's right in the description of wherever you're watching this video. I am Donnie Wiggins, and I'll see you next week.